Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. All right, all right, we're live. Okay, um, everybody, this is episode one twenty eight of the Galen Trombley Show. I apologize for that being super loud. We're trying to adjust everything here. So today we've got a special guest. This is also the first time we're traveling um, for the podcast, which is why this might be a little bit of a trial and error, and we actually have dual uh, recordings going on and everything else. But if it screws up, I take full responsibility because I didn't bring batteries and all the good stuff. So episode one twenty eight with Yvonne. Loray, did I pronounce that right? Good, because we just went over everything, so I screwed up. Um, and I don't even know what your title was before, because what they said on here, I don't know if it was actually correct, but um, Anise and Associates Inc. was your company correct. prior, and now you're the owner of Camp Iroquois in Saranac Lake. That's correct, my husband Joe and I. So Joe, we met Joe, and Joe's a fantastic guy, and he's out about doing stuff. Maybe you'll get on the podcast later, but he's out and about. Um, so... Yvonne, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for Thank doing you. this. Thank you for coming. And we got a kind of a packed house here today, which is kind of cool. So this is great. But um, Yvonne, for people that do not know you, kind of including myself a little bit, because I just met you today, uh, but I've had raving reviews from one of our, I think the person who's been on the most. Have you been on the most? I think so. Anna. So Anna's in the background. If you heard Anna, she's got about 10 podcasts she's been on. So Yvonne, for people who do not know you, please give them a little rundown how you got to be 2021 Yvonne. How I got to be 2021 Yvonne. Okay. <laughs> Prior to buying Camp Iroquois, I was one of the owners of Anise and Associates, a technology company. Worked there for 30 years. My dad started it, and my three sisters and I took it over, and we sold it a few years ago. And fast forward, three children, and now a grandchild, one and two on the way soon. Could happen during the podcast. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully it happens during the podcast. That would be fun. But um, my husband and I stumbled over this property last year and never thought about owning a vacation rental business, but always loved the planning and organizing and functions involved with groups traveling together. We personally did it with friends and family for decades. And when we saw it, we thought, oh my goodness, what a beautiful slice of heaven to be able to turn this into a vacation rental on eight and a half acres and 550 feet of waterfront. And we really dove in, no pun intended, on the lake and said, let's do it. So let's go back. So your grand or your father started the company. Correct. So we're going to go back to, I guess, your first life. We'll call that your second life. So your your father started the company out of where? Out of Herkimer, New York. And that's where you were born, raised, grew up there? Raised on Herkimer, yes. Born in Syracuse, but raised in Herkimer. How far is Herkimer from Syracuse? An hour. So it's not too bad? No. And how far is Liverpool from Syracuse? 20 minutes. Okay, so it's close. Yes. And how far is Paul Smith from Syracuse? Three and a half hours. There you go. Okay, good. Um, geography in New York State. So the um, so you guys started, his, your father started the company and back then. That was probably a pretty up been coming company yes he sold modems low speed modems and multiplexers and he ran the state of new york so when fast forward through the years we i started in sales sold voicemail 
um, services. And then my husband sold the technology, the data technology for the company. And then we progressed, had a first office in Rochester, had another office in Albany, then Buffalo, then New York City. So we ended up with seven offices around the state. Our home office was always in Herkimer, New York until around 2010 when we moved it to Clifton Park, New York. So when did you get your first job? 1987. And it was at your first job as a kid? Like, like no. What was your first job as like My first life? job was at McDonald's. Well, actually at MR Knickerbockers, a jean store. Okay. And then I went to work at McDonald's. How old were you? 17. Okay. I was on the window. My husband was on the grill. Might have dumped a cup of ice down his back because I thought he was cute. Joe. Joe. So you've known him that long? Yeah, we went to my senior prom together. Wow, okay. <laughs> Poor Joe. <laughs> <laughs> It's consistent. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Um, so, and you started at what age working at your father's place? 22. So that's Right out of college. And was that the plan? No. No, never a plan. I was an economics and marketing major in college and thought I was never going to work for my father. My husband was working for my father and I was like, no way am I going to work for him. And he waited for me to get three job offers and then he offered me a job. So I never... So he was bidding against... He was letting other bid against you. Well, he wanted to let me know that I could get a job on my own and I didn't have to go to work for him. Um, So did you tell him at one point you were never going to work for him? Oh, I think that's what every person tells their strict Italian father their whole life through. The uh, Well, the reason I say that is my... So I'm a second generation in our company too and I told my dad all the way up through like to college basically. I'm not working, not working. And I ended up working about the same age going into real estate. So that was kind of the weird... um, yeah, just for some reason, I just kind of liked it. I think it's almost in your blood that you kind of just get gravitate towards right. it. And a lot of it, I'm sure you heard your dad talk many times about the business and just like, you know, things spill over into normal life and personal life and stuff. So I think a lot of it becomes ingrained in you and you almost just kind of, you learn that the technology field or telecommunications and then it just kind of shows a little bit of an interest, I would think. Well, and I think what I was amazed with is his understanding and his belief, the customer always came first. And no matter right, wrong, or indifferent, the customer came first, and you don't mess with the customer. And so we built trust and loyalty and friendships, many friendships along the way. Was it big? Was it personal? Like, did you sell to direct-to-consumer, or was it business-to-business? No, business-to-business, K-12 through education. Okay. Um, I sold primarily into educational spaces. SUNY Plattsburgh had my voicemail systems installed, and SUNY Oswego and Geneseo, and... We ran the state of New York. We had the New York state contract for many, many years. And that was all like the government and all the state employees and transportation Correct. and um, state prison police, system. State police, every modem in their car came from our company right wow. down to the printers and ribbons and everything else. Um, and were your sisters older, younger, I'm, mixture? I'm the second. Okay. I was involved with the business the longest. Okay. My older sister was in and out of it. And then the two younger, there's four girls in less than five years. And... I can, I can, uh, like I said, we have three and three, so I can, you know, your parents are, are saints. It's a, it's a tough job, but the, uh, so <laughs> my just mother, the, just my mother's the, yeah, a saint. Just my mother, father yeah. was gone. I was going to say, that's probably what people would say about me. My, my wife's a saint. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm there, but she's, yeah. No she's, one's ever said that about me. Huh? A saint? Yeah, never. I, I think you're very, straight to sainthood. Straight yeah. to saint. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if, um, okay, so just three sisters, you have brothers? No brothers. So just, okay. So that, God bless your father in that one, but that's, that's okay. So we. Um, so the three of you guys moved, went in, did, were you all in the business at the same time? At different points, um, diff, diff, 
different interests by different sisters, so in and out of the different businesses. But you all were in it at one point? Yeah, we were all owners. We're all equal owners. Okay. And it, how big did the company get employee-wise, size-wise, location-wise? Yeah. We were selling over $100 million a year in networking services, data communications, and we had, had 180 employees. Over how many offices? Seven. And it was all New York State? All New York State. Um, so what... what I guess what sparked the growth? Because when you're when you guys got into the business, how big was it until when you left? My father was a one man band. Okay. When he started, so no employees. No employees. Wow. Okay. And then he had a secretary. We called him secretaries, administrative assistant. Yep. Back in the day, don't mess with Eva. She will still come and get you. <laughs> and she knows that. So if you're listening, Eva, we love you. And then he hired his brother in Rochester. Okay. My uncle Dom. And then we started growing. Mostly our other salespeople came from customers okay. that wanted to do a change in their like life. Like word of mouth and reputation. Um, yeah, customers that did business with us mm -hmm. that when we were expanding into other territories and areas. But what happened in 2000, unfortunately 9-11 in 2001, and companies started pulling back, we invested and we started a service division. Primarily when we sold equipment, the manufacturers came in and installed and maintained the equipment we sold. We decided that was a turning point when we couldn't protect our customers from the manufacturers because they were getting bought and sold and picking up and walking out of upstate New York. And we had the state police and other social services and state agencies that depended on our equipment for the safety of children. And they needed to know their networks would be up and running. So we started a service division, hired a whole bunch of service people around the state of New York, put depots around um, parts in storage centers. So we actually had the entire state of New York a four-hour response time to be on site and fix the components. So when people were pulling back and leaving New York, we invested heavily on our service division. And we put the parts and put the people in the right places and drew circles, literally maps, saying, can the these radius. people, yes, drew radius, circles around the state. Where do we need to put people so they can get to, someone would say, Montauk Bay mm -hmm. within four hours. And we did it. And we've never missed a service call. Um, so in, in the spark, and I guess technology-wise, when, like, how how did it change from when your dad had it to where I guess you guys left it? Because from the seventies up till 20, 20, 20, 29, when did we say twenty twenty one twenty eighteen? Okay, so you're talking about forty years or fifty years, yeah. fifty years or so. Um, technology-wise, how did it change from the start, the beginning all the way to now? Oh, completely different. Before it was literally, um, for example, Agway. Mm -hmm. was a big customer of ours, putting a modem at every register so they knew what was being sold just to be able to transfer data back and forth. Right down to the technology, Cisco Systems was our largest supplier mm -hmm. of technology, selling their IP telephony, security. Okay. So, it, I mean, night and day. And, well, I'm just thinking from like technology-wise from the 70s on now, like just the, the way the world's connected, the way everything's mm -hmm. just intertwined. When you talk about like cashing out, um, I mean, I try not to use cash. I mean, like you can use your phone, you can use apps, mm -hmm. you can pay for like a multitude of different things. Right. But um, did you guys ever do anything with like, you know, the square, like the credit card readers? Is that some, some something you guys worked with? Well, we sold the technology behind the scenes, not the actual reader. Okay. But all of the technology to let the reader information get from A to B. And who, who came up with all that? Did you, when you guys said like Cisco and stuff, they were providers and then you sold the services and everything else? Correct. Um, 
Because this is a new space for me. That's what I'm trying to like. I'm learning it as you're talking about. I mean, I know I, enough well, to make me dangerous. I that that's good because I know not a lot. So you anything you say, I'll be like that sounds perfect. So, um, so how was it growing the business from one person? The growth of this is selfishly me asking you because like mm-hmm. as our company's grown, trying more people to come on and trying like more turning more. I was telling Anne on the way here. I've been doing real estate now for 10, 11 years. Like I understand real estate. Like, it's just kind of one. It's like I'm not. You learn stuff every day, but it's not really moving the needle a lot. It's just mm-hmm. like little things. And my my leadership for me is a totally different thing. You know, you did leadership like in sports as like a captain of a team or maybe a couple employees. But when you start getting more people, it's trying to keep them organized, keep yourself organized, keep the business organized. What was the most challenging when you started the like the growth? Was that something that came easy to you? Was it a tough thing? Yeah, I, it... I think we always had the pulse on our employees were an extension of our family. Mm-hmm. And we didn't just say it, we truly believed it. That we trusted them, that they would do the right thing. They trusted us that we would do the right thing. And we treated them extremely well. We had full pay, 100% paid benefits. We had profit sharing. You know, So they knew when they worked with us, our doors were always open. We didn't live in bubbles. You know, we're in offices all the time people knew they could pick up the phone and call us at any time of the day or night with regards to what any issue Mm -hmm. any issue we made sure we had fun along the way and had annual parties and gatherings and retreats and the uh i mean because 140 what would that be classified as that's not i mean is that a small business it is a a small business range is large yeah i don't it's somewhere i mean 500 i think is that the number google a small business in New York. The because uh, because like 140 to me just seems like a lot of employees. But obviously, like thinking kind of a small, but then diving into like a bigger number. Um, but yeah, I mean, you still have you're still a small business with location. So I mean, it's just kind of cool. Like I, I like the idea of growth of companies when you start off. Like you said, your dad by himself, and then going layers deep to mm-hmm. where it is now. So when you guys sold the company off. Did someone take it over directly as it was, or does it get sold, like it become part of another company? Yeah, we sold to a company called Converge One okay. that was in um, private equity behind them and huge growth. We were the first upstate New York company they purchased, and be, after us, it was like 17 companies they bought this year, in that year. Oh, wow. You're married in 2018? Yeah. So we sold in 2017. Yeah. So. I mean, so it was their model to take over and provide more coverage and services around the entire country. And was that an easy thing for you to give up when you sold the business? Was it tough to part? You know, it was hard. It was very hard. We were in a position where it was growth, Mm -hmm. thinking of growth and thinking of acquiring companies ourselves to Mm -hmm. be able to remain competitive. And our ages and my husband had previously retired and looking at other, you know, do we really want to be in this? I was there 30 years. So do I have the wherewithal to be around 10, 15 years to see this through? And we actually hired a consultant to find companies to buy. And he said, well, when you find companies to buy, sometimes you get bought. I'm like, what do you mean? We're not going to sell our company. And sure enough, when he was putting our prospectus together, three different companies that he had sent it out to about us buying other companies in the area came to us and said, would you consider selling? Hmm. So we didn't plan on selling. So how long from the initial start of that to when you guys sold? It was fast. Eight months. Wow. Eight, okay. nine months. Yeah, it was quick. So And that went from we're acquiring to we're selling? Yes. Wow. Was that... 
how was that eight months like? Well, you can't. <laughs> I mean, it just seems like it's completely like going this way, then going this right, way. Right, it was. And, you know, it's scary because you think, okay, you know, it's a good move for the employees. It's mm-hmm. great protection for them. It, you know, guarantees their future. It's a bigger company. It's a bigger umbrella. What will our life look like, you know, moving forward or cutting ties now? And, you know, we talked about it and went back and forth for a long period of time. But then it was like, okay. We had a great run with it. Now, could you have stayed on and been still part of the company? Or was that part of the buyout? Was... That was part of the buyout, the four owners, which is good. Like... I could have never worked for another company. I would that have was... lasted about 10 seconds. I was going to ask, have you ever, we obviously McDonald's, but it was pretty quick after that. You're just like, I'm doing my thing. Right. Yes. And I, my father always gave, I always did everything different from everybody else. I always sold voice services. Mm-hmm. My, the rest of the company sold data services. So he was always like, okay, if you like it. So you can kind of just it. run your own thing. Right. How, how did you, where do you think you got the skill set to get from like college age kid to the point where you just grew? I mean, cause again, you're part of that trajectory growth. Like, where do you think that came from? I am. Um, I'm just like my father. Sorry, Joe. So he, I just think like, it's... Well, I kind of listen, joke, but you're, you're wired a little bit differently to be able to do that. Like I'm totally wired differently. Yeah. Totally. I'm not afraid. You know, back in the day, we had no cell phones. We had no navigation. How I even got from Buffalo to New York City. That, yeah, we're there. How I got from Buffalo to New York City is beyond me, you know, because I'm not good at reading maps and <laughs> I have no idea how I did it, but we did it. And you showed up at appointments and you weren't afraid to take risks and spend time so making relationships. Were you just someone that just, like, once you put your focus on it, you just accomplish it? I think so, yes. Okay. Well, cause some people, I'm not good with the answer, no. That's So are you someone, if someone told you you couldn't do it, you would just, like, stick it in their face and do it? No, I would. Punch them in the face to, and the <laughs> No, 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 no. When I get angry or frustrated, you just talk really slow. It drives people crazy. You don't need to yell. You just talk very slow. So it's kind of the passive aggressive? Yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> but I'm so, not good with no. I will ask you, besides Anna's mother, mm-hmm. who said I couldn't push her around, and when she said no, it meant no. She's one of the few people that I didn't get her to change her mind. Yeah, because you went to college with Martha Stewart. She was my roommate. Yeah, Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart. That's, <laughs> Martha uh, Evelyn. Actually, what did I give you? Some, I gave you a gift card the other day, and I put to the Daughter, Mar- Martha, Stewart. Martha Stewart's daughter or something like that. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> So, yeah, so I'm trying to, so if you, um, so dealing with like businesses or accounts or dealing with um, maybe uh, conflicts within the workplace, like that was just, was it something you thrived on? Was that something, not everybody wants yeah. conflicts, but you were okay with it? Oh, totally okay with it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I truly believed in everybody mm-hmm. and you always have your favorites and they know who they are out there, but I just believe that people that want to do the right thing are there. And sometimes it's not the right company for them. So sometimes, you know, it's okay to free up someone's future because they'd be better off somewhere else. But I loved my customers. They were an extension of me. So all the way up, you were still one on I say one-on-one, but direct with customers. You were still, like, you still had relationships directly with the customers or? Right. Well, I started in sales. Mm-hmm. And then my three kids were born and went in. The company I sold for had said they're getting rid of, I was called a marketing representative. They were getting rid of the program because it was independent people around the country selling it. And they said I had to go to work for them directly. And I said, no, thank you. We had just adapted three kids in less than 18 months. So I was like, okay. Uh, My father said, oh, go into marketing. We need someone to do marketing and trade shows and events and all of that. So I went into marketing 
And then from marketing, when we started the service division, I was the president of the services division. And then when that became successful, we rolled service into, it was a niece for services for the number, okay. for the four sisters that owned it. When that became successful, we rolled it into a niece and associates. And I was the chairwoman of the board. Wow. Okay. So how many different, when you guys sold, how many different like companies or sectors did you have? Was it just the one? Or? One, Anise and Associates. Okay. Um, now, event planning, That was that something you ever did? You said event planning for the company? For the company, yes. Okay. So that was like um, community outreach. That was doing different things. Like, yeah, trade shows. There was a lot of trade shows back in the day mm -hmm. throughout the state. Trade shows, customer seminars, customer events, training programs. We called it the road show. We went from Buffalo and through Albany and invited customers so were you kind of like the hype person for the company? I say hype person. You, know, you always need the people that are like so like adamant about their company. Yeah. Um, I, w there's a lot of adamant people about our company. You know, yeah. just truly loved what they did. Had a lot of passion for what they did. Um, so when you guys ended up, so you sold the company in 2017. You bought this when? Last November, 2020. During the pandemic? Before the pandemic. Well, no, right. End of the pandemic, right? No, no, no. What year is it? 2021. The No, the... Yeah. 2019 or 2020? Hold on. What year? It's 2021. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was, we bought it last... So, yeah, during the pandemic. So this is only like six months ago. Yes. Oh, yeah. So very end... Yeah, 2020. I don't know. It's like... It's just... This last yeah. few years have been like crazy. Yeah, I know. Yes. I guess it was. So... so <laughs> Thank you, Victoria. I, I, was talk, I was talking to Joe before this, but what drew you to buying this place? That we're sitting in now. So we're sitting in, what is this you consider, the office? The office. Kind of a cool, like, loungy, like, this would be a great podcast room. You said it before. Yeah. This is, like, very, like, yeah, cozy, nooky. It's, like, a very Adirondack theme. But tell us about what, how did you get no, notice of this? Why did you get this place? Oh, my father saw something in the paper and sent me a link and said, there's a place up in Saranac going up for auction. Why don't you buy it and have Victoria run it? I'm like, you're correct. Normally, I don't look at his emails. But sorry, Dad. Normally, because he does, he sends a lot of jokes, a lot of stuff. The chain emails. Yeah. 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 Never seen before 27 times over. But yeah. so I clicked on the link and I said to my husband, I said, Joe, look at this property. He's like, you're crazy. And we were leaving. We were in Saranac driving back. And what, what month was this? To Syracuse. It was October, end of September. Okay. But wow. we were leaving the net in the auction for the property was going to be the first week in October. But we had to be in Florida to take care of some business down in Florida. So I was like, okay, Victoria, Dylan, can you go to the property and can we assign you to be our bidders? Dylan, Victoria's husband, was our bidder at the auction. Mm -hmm. And we signed up and we never thought. I mean, we only saw it through a walkthrough, right? You were on FaceTime with me and walking through the building. Yep. And we had never been to the property before. And we ended up winning. My husband said I didn't win anything. I paid more than anyone else. So we ended up winning the auction. And then when we came back from Florida, we drove up and we saw it for the first time. So so you guys do stuff pretty quick when it like, yeah, you sold a business in eight months and then you bought a your new place two months, not even that, weeks after even knowing about it. Like this days. wasn't even a blip. It was days. Day, yeah, this wasn't even a blip on your radar. No. So how, why, were you looking for something like not this? Not at all. So how did like within a week, you basically, within days, you just went from 
like retirement. But you like, have to keep your mind open, though. You know, you don't know an opportunity that's going to present itself. Okay. So you got to kind of get out of the concrete. But you're fine pulling the trigger that quick. Oh, my goodness. Do you, So this... I, I think I could pull some. I think I could pull the trigger quick, but I think there would still have to be something in my head that made me find that like interesting. Well, what I thought was really cool when I and they did a beautiful job, the auction company with pictures and videos. And yep. what I could envision when I saw the pictures and videos with COVID, to be able to have groups of friends and family here enjoying the property. And then my husband said, well, there's six sleeping cabins. Are you going to rent cabins after that? And I said, no, I really think it needs to be all or nothing. It's a beautiful property, but I don't could never figure out, okay, families want to teach their kids to fish mm-hmm. off the dock, or is there a bachelor party, or is there a bachelorette party? I thought there's going to be so many problems with too many groups on one piece of property. Mm-hmm. So one person can come to stay for a period of time or up to 35 people. So, so that, yeah, when you say all or nothing, meaning just mm-hmm. like one group gets it for the week or the weekend or whatever exclusively. Correct. Depending uh, on the time of year. Um, so who do you take, you guys don't, I mean, you guys don't take care of it all full time. Who Does someone take? No, we, we have a caretaker. Okay. Um, that takes care of the property. We have a cleaning crew that cleans the property. So, and then Victoria was working here, mm-hmm. giving people tours, taking care of the logistics stuff that we had to do. My daughter, Olivia was working for us, taking care of other work and just you know creating the website we had to start from scratch so now we own it cool too oh thank you your daughter did that victoria worked with caitlin true and olivia and created the website and great yeah yeah the wording and like the videos and stuff i saw that did you guys do the videos no the video came from the auction house we were nice enough that they gave us the videos and all of the The pictures that they had done yes yeah it looks really sharp um that's when originally she had shown it to me that the uh this was months ago, I think. Yeah. I feel like it was months ago. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of a really cool place. It was during my podcast. We talked about were, you in my last Were you show, Were you? No, it was way before that. It, was, it wasn't the last one you were on. Well, we talked about it in the last podcast. Because that's why when my mom called you and said, you need to get on but, this podcast. Yeah, but I think it was... You had mentioned this prior, though. This was like... Yes, I had mentioned it. I was going to say, like, I had looked at the video and everything... Well, six eight right. six months ago when eight months it was it was soon after you bought it probably january yeah. um meaning it's just been a long time since i've seen it but it's like right. it's really cool like when it first came out mm-hmm. um so and you have it fully booked this year for the most part or is it we doing well st- we start our first reservation is may 21st okay and then we have a bunch of bookings going through june and then we have um july 3rd to literally i think it's august 26th is completely booked and then okay. we have a bunch of bookings in September and then October. And then we close October 25th. Was this was this functioning before you bought it? This the, property itself was yeah. owned by two families. So the, since oh, yeah, 1906, right. okay. the Sheffields. Yeah. So this. Built. Whole, oh, sorry. So this whole thing this is the first time it's ever been used as like a, a basically a place of renting out or whatever. Correct. Right. Billionaire families own the property. Two families mm-hmm. prior to us. Um, there's a great history, and Victoria certainly knows more about the history than I. But it was only used for family and friends of the people that had it for their summer property. So how have you gotten all the people to come here? Like I'm saying, huh? No, it's fine. advertising, you, you, basically rental, vacation rental websites. And it just started picking up like that. Yeah, I'm just saying, because this is a pretty new venture and all of a sudden it's like, we're booked. Yeah. <laughs> like, we well, got, and you know, and I think. about that the other day, just 
how people are so willing to book without any, and you know, we don't even have reviews online yet. Sorry, this is Victoria, by the way. Hi, yes, Victoria. <laughs> yeah, so it hasn't been rented before. There's no reviews, and people are just so excited to get up here, especially in the middle of the pandemic and stuff. Um, being able to just say, okay, we have a place to be that's safe, it's contained, it's only us, and we are, we have access to yeah all of these amazing amenities. That is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, because you don't get a lot of that. Like, when you're talking about, like, COVID and stuff, when people are trying to, like, block everything out, like, this really is a compound. Like, you're here, and it's there's nobody around us. This is awesome. It's- right, and a lot of people thought I had fake reservations. I had calls from people that said, I want to book it. How are you booked? You don't have a review. And I'm like, I don't know, but I'll say thank you. I mean, yeah. we have a family from Texas that's coming with five generations. They're flying into Burlington and coming for a week in July. Wow. We have another family from the state of Washington that comes to the area every year and book the property. And, you know, and I, Victoria spends a lot of time showing the property and talking about it. And so, so so Victoria, do you have people that come to the property that just come in to look at it and scout it out before making the reservation? Yes. Especially with the events. If somebody wants to have a wedding here, then Mm -hmm. we'll have the couple come and I show them around. I get to show them all the, the cabins and the different places and, um, but a lot of people are interested in seeing it beforehand, obviously, because there probably isn't, you know, the reviews online or anything. They want to make sure it's real, you know? It, yeah. But literally, it, probably 60% of the people that book never saw the property, yeah. though. That's, um, yeah, no, I just think it's it's a gorgeous view. We, we're on the boathouse. I took a panoramic video or p- picture of video, panoramic video, panoramic <laughs> picture of the lake. And it just, it's absolutely gorgeous. So this is on the Upper Saranac Lake. Upper Saranac Lake. And there's tennis courts across the street. There's a basketball hoop. There's games for families to play. And and how many buildings are on the, on the like, there's eight, 10? Nine buildings. No, 10 buildings, six sleeping cabins. And it sleeps up to 35 people. And the boathouse is really cool. The Was it the dining room? Is that the... The dining room with the big stickly dining room table. Yep. And then what was the one we went into with the... Uh, the great room. Is it the, the leather room? couches. With the big fireplace? Yes. Yeah. The, yeah. It's just like a very... And it, well, we were looking at the photos on the wall and uh, Joe was showing it. He's like basically saying like this with the photo. And besides it being black and white, it's the same thing. Like if you're to walk in, like it's which is kind of cool. You can picture that photo because I'm like, I just, I literally was in that room. Right. Um, which is kind of neat when you look back at historical things about... If they're kept up nice, which again, this this is all from the late 1800s. 1903. Yeah, finished in 1903. And it's in great shape. Like the floors are all level. There's no, um, it's warm. Like it still holds heat. I mean, we're in a nice room right now, but it's holding heat well. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, the people remember had a lot of money so that just, owned it prior to us. And they, President yeah, President Roosevelt stayed. I mean, there's a great history. I mean, they had very, very well-known people staying on the property. When was this last inhabited? Like when did was it? When before it went to auction, had there been like a vacancy? For no, a few they years? they used it the summer before oh, that okay. summer. Oh wow! They okay. had used it, and then unfortunately, Mr. Keene had passed away. The last husband, um, Betty Ann's husband, Mrs. Keene's husband, had passed away unexpectedly, and so they had used it that summer. It was on the market, mm-hmm. but then decided that the property they you know they had a wonderful time here, but it was ready to transition to somebody else. Oh, nice. Um, so the event planning stuff, this is, I mean, is this something you're excited about doing? Oh, so excited just to see, you know, how, how it's all coming together. You know, we took, it was absolutely gorgeous as you saw, but then we came through and, you know, you can refreshed. 
everything with new linens and new towels and we had the bed frames um some of the new bed frames yeah yes. the adirondack a lot like of it the, but the lo- looks of the pictures and the blankets that truly say it's the adirondacks we kept yeah just to keep that charm but just refresh things and and Yves likes to stay busy too she likes a, a good project so it makes is sense it, jumping in like this so this her. is like no, this is like something you're excited about it's not like a not like dwelling on it, like oh my god this all this work to get up and running and yeah no it just takes planning yeah i mean ask victoria right she was the most surprised bride at the history of brides at her wedding yeah it was Yves' wedding <laughs> she just wore the bridal gown well it was easy right then yeah exactly it just I, showed up. I was gonna say yeah just like show up I'm like this is a cool party is this for me yeah um the, <laughs> the week before she's sending me everything like place cards and all these different things saying mom what do you think i'm like it's a great idea it's been done for months great idea are, so are you like type a and you're like type b or she, you're, you're we're different ends of the spectrum she's so good at so many things that I like, she plants. She like she like plays in dirt. She macrame. She makes. She plays hang- in dirt. <laughs> <laughs> she loves it. I get hives just thinking of it. And she loves all that intricate stuff and making things and creating things, arts and crafts. My kind of girl. Yeah. So so this is like a perfect marriage for you guys. Like what you both like to do. Mm-hmm. So you're excited about this just as much. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm excited, and it's funny because like I'm excited about different things, and she's excited about her things about it, and we have our own. And they're little... separate, so it's like a good, like you're almost like you take this, I'll take this, and we're good, and we'll just run with it. Yeah, I'll meet yeah. you later. Um, no, I, I'm like I said, I get to come to one event here this summer, which I'm looking forward to because so now excited. Getting, I feel like I'm like sneaking in, like getting a sneak peek, like behind the scenes. It's almost yeah. like when you're going, be like backstage at a concert, you get to see like all the equipment being brought out and but that's what I kind of feel like this place is. Like getting all the linens up and getting nice could be like when is that, a month from now? Yeah, I know, June nineteenth. I think less than forty days. Well, I think. There you go. Not even it's the tenth, so it's thirty nine days. Yep. So, Ooh. Yeah. It's like it's like the Lent countdown. Like what? Twelve, yeah. thirteen days? <laughs> <laughs> um and Upper Saranac Lake, is there a bunch of boats out there during the summer? Is this a pretty high traffic lake? Yeah, beautiful. Like boats. Yeah, it's pretty. Um, it's it's nice because there are a lot of camps like this on the lake, the great camps, um, and a lot of private family homes. So you get the traffic, but it's not as busy as other in in the chain. Not of like lakes. Placid and like yeah, yeah, not nearly as busy as Placid, and it's also very large. So there's so much space that if there are a lot of boats, it doesn't seem like that many. Yeah, and there's like little islands out there and stuff. It's it's cool. It's like a very picturesque lake, and especially if you stand on that boat dock, it's like panoramic views for days, and it's just so gorgeous. Um, so, what has been the hardest part about getting this thing up and running, considering that you've only been here for this is month seven? Well, well, we were in win- Florida for the winter, mm-hmm. so we just got home Thursday night. This is your first time since the fall. Yeah, we. Oh, geez. I thought you'd kind of been here doing stuff. No. Oh, and you didn't come at all during the winter. No. Joe came home once and came to the property. And, and, and for, you've, been, you've been coming, kind of coming. I've been just coming here, but it's been so snowed in, and mm-hmm. I've just been giving the basic tours. There hasn't been any, you know, we're just putting the linens on the beds and refreshing the towels. And well, going we did go into one room, and you found a basket. Like, I like this basket. Yeah. yeah, yeah trust me. We just, like, walked around, and you're, like, walking around with a basket and in your hands. Victoria, if I can't find anything, it's at her house. It's like a wicker basket, but it was just so yeah. Okay, now now like I'm putting two and two together. So yeah, this is kind of like let's say Monday. Yeah, so like we four got days. here Saturday afternoon. 
Wow. Okay. Wow. This is this is a quick. Again, you guys do stuff really quick. This is. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It's just to get stuff done, which I like because I, I hate okay. people that procrastinate annoy me. That won't be me. Okay. Are you a procrastinator? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, I guess it makes sense when you're about the wedding, like sending postcards like the week of or whatever. So, like they can print those out. It's a turnaround time on all like 150 prints. Um, <laughs> she was a fun bride to plan for. It was easy, yeah. Uh, where'd you get married? Here? Syracuse. Oh, Syracuse. Okay. If, uh, if I had a second wedding with the same husband, you know, I wouldn't get married to somebody else. Renew the vows. It'd be it'd be here, yeah. There you go. Um, and the kids would be in attendance, or the kid, I should say, yeah. single. Um, so. Now, other thing I want to ask you about, Florida. Mm-hmm. How long have you been in Florida? We moved into our place there November 2nd. So that's been new too? <laughs> Jeez. I just feel like every, she makes it sound like you've been living there for years. So what, what? Well, we've been going to Naples. We bought a place while we were waiting for this place to be built okay. a couple of years ago. But then the pandemic hit and my other daughter had my first granddaughter, Joey, okay. yep. sweet little angel. So we came back, We the pandemic was everywhere, of course, mm-hmm. and it wasn't any better in Florida. They shut everything down, so we just spent a month there that year. But so now we spent, you're, the, we spent the winter there from November till May. This past season, okay. yes. yes. And then just four days ago, you got here. Ten, Saturday, yeah, whatever. Sat- Saturday afternoon, <laughs> we got here. It's been a whirlwind. Yeah, yeah, you haven't slept yet. Days. So, um, so why did you pick Naples? Oh, we love Naples. My parents are there. They've been there since 1999. Oh, so you've been visiting for years. Visiting for years and years and visited other parts of Florida. But Naples has a great mix mm-hmm. of shopping and restaurants and entertainment and culture. Well, she, we're, so I've been going to Naples for six years now. So my okay. sister lives in Naples. And we were talking about this, I think, yep. at one point. But my sister lives in Naples. My parents have a place and she lives there. My in-laws live there. So it's um, actually if when I first started dating my wife, her parents were going down to Naples. He just bought a place. And like, where? my sister had just recently moved to Florida. And they go, where does your sister live in Florida? And I said, I don't know. Like, It's like kind of brother-sister thing. I'm not paying. She moved to Florida. I don't know. Could have been anywhere. She could have said Tallahassee. Could have said Miami. So I, I, I text my sister. I said, where do you live in Florida? And she goes, Naples. I'm like, oh, wow. Cool. You guys are in the same city. Then I ended up basically putting both their addresses in Google Maps. You want to see how far apart they were. I think it was a mile door to door. And out of anywhere in Florida, they were a mile apart. So that ended up, my parents ended up buying a place probably a year later and she moved in there. And then long story short, we've been going every year. So what's your favorite part about Naples? Like favorite places, things to do? Yeah, it's just beautiful. It's relaxing. We're in North Naples, right on the border, a mile mm-hmm. from Bonita Springs. Yep. It's just, you never get bored. It doesn't get old. The sunsets are amazing. Yep. Watching the water all day doesn't. Are you a beach person? I am a beach person. Which one? Which beach do you like down there? We Vanderbilt Beach. Yep. Mariah Bay. Yep. I well, the reason I know this is because if you go my base, well, I told my parents live off of Mockley, and then my in laws lived off of Vanderbilt Beach and Airport. Poland. Okay, yeah. So like it was right down the road, but we ended up we got married on the beach in Naples, down at the was it golf North. No, Naples Beat Golf and Country Club mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. So we ended up going back and they're remodeling the whole thing. I think they're tearing it down and doing it. So we ended up mm-hmm. going to dinner there one more time, which is great. We love the food there. But we ended up getting there and sat like right on the water or right on the beach, I guess. And then we saw like, the sunset and everything else. But it was just nice because me and my Beautiful. wife, like again, with three kids, got away for one night, which was weird. Mm-hmm. But it was fun to go back. So we've been actually back to the place we got married on our anniversary. I think three of the four years we've been married, including the year we got married. So three out of five, four to five, something like that. So that's awesome. Yeah, so it's it's yeah. it's a great place. It's beautiful. The people are so kind, so nice. 
Well, I find that because it's an older crowd and a lot of them are retired and they're just living life. And Don't love judge. It. Huh? <laughs> I said, well, you just moved there. You're not, you're, you're, you're like bringing the age down. Like my sister, anytime I go with my sister's down there, it's like there's people and there's schools, but like the peak season gets packed with people. My sister's like, off season's great because you don't wait at lights. Right. And when you go in peak season, like the traffic's crazy. But I find everybody's down there's, you know, playing pickleball, going to the beach, riding bikes. And like it, you, the people that live down there because of the sun and just being active, they don't look anywhere near how old they are. Like you ask someone, they're like, how old are you? Like, I'm 85. I'm like, 85? <laughs> you look like you're like late 60s at best or at worst, I should say. And uh, it's just crazy when you go down there, like how vibrant people are when they go down there it's just like a second like they just live longer i don't know no, they everyone's so, so active like the bike trails and everything my mom walks miles every day and it's so yeah, crazy it's, because you see people who are doing the same thing and it's it's such a contrast of being up in upstate new york and you're hidden you know? out in the winter and you have no vitamin d hence me and yeah. you're just like the depression is real seasonal depression yeah like, this, was it sad seasonal affective disorder something yeah. like that um, well, she was in florida to see me um so recently yes i went out a couple times this past winter yeah it's a nice area yeah Yeah, for sure um no like i said we we like it i think at some point in time we'll have a place down like a second place down there i don't know if i could live there full time though it's like humid and i'm i'm like a pasty white irish guy so i burn i go from like i got either burn or white so i don't really have much color in between i get darker darker i was gonna say you still have a glow coming back so what do you do you tan no Anna? I, was gonna, I thought you just said you did. I was like, no. I'm calling. Anna gets red and redder. Her mother? I, I know. I thought you said yes. I looked she at you real quick. She has her father's like, skin. The only joke is I glow in the dark. Like, you shut a light up and you can see. Her mother gets very tan. My mom right now literally looks like she spent the winter in Florida and she's been on our back deck like eight times. It's so lucky. She's like olive toned. Like just a sun bronze. goddess? Yeah. Does Phil tan? No. He gets red and redder. Oh. Okay. I was going to say, I'm like... Phil, Phil's a legend. Um, he is. <laughs> Phil, filthy Phil. Phil came on our podcast with our shirt on, like our company shirt, and then a Dodgers jersey. The Dodgers jersey. Like one of the. So I've had a few people come on with like weird clothing, which is not really a thing. On like nobody, I don't tell people to like dress up for the podcast, but some people like wear some like outrageous. Oh, outfits. Phil thought about that for weeks. Oh, he was cracking oh, himself up thinking about it. about it. He calls me every day. It, he says we're still the number one most downloaded episode, right? He he had quite a bit, yeah. For um. He was good. He was. I. I thought he was. He brought the heat. He brought the fire. That's why I always tell about guests. They come in like bring it. They just brought the fire. Phil, Phil was ready to go. Might have been the most excited guest to come on the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I know he's listening to us too. So, huh? Who? So Alexis put on her, which I thought this was kind of funny. So Alexis put on her goal for what? Twenty twenty two. Twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Oh, she got a few more months to be a guest on the show, and I ended up. We met what a month ago. Like I kind of like formally met her. Yeah. And she's a hoot. Oh, she, she's a wild like. She, she. I thought you talk. I think Alexis talks more than you. No, there's no on-off switch. No, she's live. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's hot mic all day long. So, um, so a question I had to ask because I was doing some research on you and the one with your glorious photo photo on uh, the on, yeah. <laughs> on the thing. Um, so was pretty wild was the story about your grandmother. So can you tell a little bit about that? Because I'd rather hear it from you than the article. Would it tell me? Give was, me a hint. It was, it was about your grandmother ago. growing up in just like World War II. And, oh, that was my mother. 
Oh, it's your mother. My Why mother. Did they, I'm, I'm so odd. Yeah, that's okay. okay. I was like, I talked about my grandmother. There was I like a grandmother. I, I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff. So God your mother. Rest her soul. Yes. So t- tell me about your your mother. My mother was born in the Ukraine as a young girl, eight. She was in the field and a bomb went off and she was hit by a shrapnel. She was with her older sister. Her family thought they had died. They thought their family had died because of the bombing. Their long story short, taken by the German soldiers and brought to an orphanage and displaced because orphanages were being bombed. So they ended up in a home until they were sponsored by Catholic Charities to come over to the United States. So then my mother and my aunt came to the United States, came into Ellis Island. This is what, the 40s? No, um, this is probably late late 40s. Late 40s, Late okay. 40s. And then lived in foster homes, in, started in Binghamton and then in the Syracuse area until my aunt got married. And then my mother moved in with them until she got married. So were the German so were they the same as the Nazis back then? German soldiers were Nazis or were there two different kinds of? I think there's two different kinds. Like they're like, I guess, good and bad. Is that because you said like they went and got and brought them to an orphanage. That seems like like from everything. I Yeah, don't. History is not my thing. Oh, well, I just Alexis was. Will fact check you. Yeah, Alexis can fact check this. But I, I just thought like that's like think that's. I would think would have been the exact opposite of what they would have done to two kids back then. Like, you know what I mean? If he had yeah. foster kids, they probably didn't care. But to, to do that is pretty crazy. So she ended up not, how long was before she met her parents again? Well, she met, they found out, um, someone sent a letter, her father sent a letter to someone at the embassy and they remembered my mother from her, I don't know how, with all the children coming over from Ukrainian folk dancing and sent a picture of my mother and my aunt. And they recognized her, and they reached out, found my mother, and then... And she was in the States at the time? She was in the States, married to my father, actually had my older sister and had me and was pregnant with for, with my younger sister, Andrea. And my father had sent over money for her, what they thought her parents to come to the United States. They flew here, and then when they unzipped her dress, they saw the shrapnel and knew it was my mother. So then wow. her parents lived, stayed for six months, and then my grandfather was getting sick and wanted to die in his own country. And he they went back to the Ukraine and he passed away shortly thereafter. Wow. But I don't, I was young. So your mother still a shrapnel in her? Mm-hmm. Really? Her leg, her shoulders. Wow. And that was from a bomb just going off in Ukraine? Oh, the pieces hitting her. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Flying out. And, yeah. yeah. Um, that's, that's insane. I mean, that's when you like think about life now and then back then. Just like, I don't know. I, I came in. It's like hard to comprehend. Yeah. Like, like my, my grandfather came from Ireland, but he wasn't part of the war. He just, like, migrated over. Right. So you see the ones that are actually fleeing, you know, Europe. Obviously, not a great time in history, you know, no. to come over. But um, And then to meet her parents that much, I mean, was that just weird? Oh, it was strange. I, I mean, you know, because just, I mean, it's obviously got to be, like, yeah, I mean, awesome, but it's got to be kind of crazy, too. It is crazy. And she had emotional. three sisters. She's one of five girls. So she was the youngest of five. So she had three older sisters that, you know, decades... And then she went back over to the Ukraine. God, what year was it? With my sister, my youngest sister. So it had to be 1990. So she separated from her sisters too that whole time? Three sisters. Wow. So just one sister were in the field when they were hurt. So she just knew the one sister that whole time. And Correct. then they got reunited? Yes. And then what happened to the rest of them? They were in the Ukraine. They never left Ukraine. They just somehow made it in safety and Right. I mean it's just, you know, it truly was a third world country and was Ukraine wasn't that where uh Chernobyl was? Is that Ukraine? Yes, but that's as much as I know. Okay. 
I didn't know. I was just thinking like Ukraine. I remember they had like, was that radiation and stuff? Um, probably a totally different thing, but that was just what popped in my head every time I think of Ukraine. Um, I think that, and I think uh, Myla Kunis is from there. She's one of my, she's one of my celebrity crushes. So that's why I always tell that to my wife and I'm like, it's like the exact opposite of what, but yeah, for some reason. Um, so then they came over and then they just made a life for themselves here and there no issues. Like, Oh, the, they migrated over and everything was good? No, not it, at all. Living in orphanages and foster homes, you know, never a good. Just tough. I mean, yeah. so they came over to the States at how old? My When they got here, my mom was 10. My aunt oh. was 14 or 15. Oh, I thought. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That is, so then they came in the foster system in the States at that point. Right. Gotcha. Okay. And then your mom met your father. At a wedding in Binghamton. My dad was a student at the University of Notre Dame. Okay. And a mutual friend who was getting married, and they met at the wedding. And then they married in, what year, 1962. And so we were talking about this before. So your father went to Notre Dame. Yes. Um, so are you big Notre Dame fans? Cheer, cheer for old Notre Dame was their first song. So, cause this is, so I was just checking, like, I love Notre Dame. So this is, um, since I was growing up, I just always watched Notre Dame football and basketball and stuff and basketball later was always football. And I've been to South Bend twice to watch games. Mm-hmm. Have you been obviously to watch Many games? Many times. Yeah. So that is one of my happy places on earth. Yeah. I haven't been there in years, but that's, yeah, yeah, I absolutely love Notre Dame yeah, football. He's going to have season tickets. Does he still go to the games? He does. Well, not because of the pandemic. He's trying to figure out what's happening now. But, but up to that point, he was he went to every game. Not every game, probably four or five a season. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Like it, no, no, Notre Dame is just like the whole pep rallies, the like the luncheons. I went in '05 and '06, and I think it was. I want to say it was Charlie Weiss who was the coach at the time. Uh, Ty William, I think, was the year prior, but he might have been the first year I went. Um, but it's such a cool experience. Like the quads, my cousin ended up going around that time. So that's why we ended up going, we saw her and went to the games out there and we absolutely had a blast. And yeah. that's why, yeah, Notre Dame is a soft place in my heart. Yeah, for, it's an experience for sure. Um, when's the last time you went to a game out there? We were there right after your wedding, September of 2018. Yeah, it was like have I been back? Have you been too? Yeah. We took Victoria yes. and Dylan with us. It's, it's the greatest place on earth. I don't, well. She went for well, the first time in third grade. You and Olivia were no, in third. No, we went like once in third grade. And my grandpa had us doing crazy stuff like watching like bagpipe yeah. concerts. And we were, you know, we didn't care at that point. But last time we went, it was so cool just being able to walk around and see the, the energy was just like. Well, when they're awesome. doing all the cookouts and they have the band marching right. and the players walk in. And I mean, there's so much history there with just like. For some reason, I love Notre Dame too because it's kind of roads go through it, but it really feels like it's your own separate like like it's just it's Notre Dame and city it, in itself. Yeah, and it's pretty it's pretty cool. Like I remember as a kid going and you had to, like obviously the football stadium, the Joyce they still call it the Joyce Center, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Joyce Center was right there, and I remember going. We watched the pep rally at the Joyce Center, and then I went to a soccer game one night too, which is way over on the other side of campus. Was the other side, but on the very edge of campus, and that was fun too. I played soccer growing up, so to watch D one soccer was almost more impressive than D one football, just because yeah. I, I didn't play football. But uh, I mean, Brady Quinn was the quarterback at the time. Huh? The Grotto. The Grotto. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you got, uh, touchdown Jesus, which is kind of like everybody sees that, but mm-hmm. when you start seeing all the other stuff, we went. Um, there was like a gymnasium there. Is it? Named after uh, Nuke Rockney was that um, there's something there because what 
like back i don't know it was something like off of one of the quads it was like an old it was named after when he had statue or something and i i'm trying to remember because this was this was 15 what did we tell us in 20 yeah 15 16 years ago okay. i was like a kid in high school going yeah, there's was, a theater now regis Philman donated money there's a theater I, on campus i mean the bookstores and i think regis was there when I went, because the band spelled his name out on the field. Okay. And I think he was up in the booth or something. I don't know if it was homecoming weekend or something. Whatever it was, he was up there. And uh, we, uh, I saw, is Dick Vitale, did he, the basketball announcer? He was there. I saw him walking to get the crazy announcer that does all the announcing yeah, for college yeah, basketball. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's, I don't know if he was an alumni of there or alumnus up there, but he was at the luncheon. I remember getting a ticket signed by him and I went up and he was like, oh yeah, yeah. And he started signing. Of course, we were kids at the time and he was signing oh. the ticket, but I don't know if he went to Notre Dame. I don't know. Regis definitely did though, right? Regis did, yes. Yeah, because he was a huge, I just remember reading that and they, like I said, they spelled his name, if, like the band spelling your name on the field of Notre Dame, then you made it, I yeah. think. Kind of like the, kind of like the, the, uh, the old man photo here. They got yeah, probably the original right. yeah. owner. Yeah. I said, if you get a Sheffield. mural, yeah, if you get a mural above like a fireplace at like a place and it's not like your own house, like someone put it up there. After this the was fact. his own house though. But I mean like, but like <laughs> probably post living there. Like, I don't know if I'd put a picture of myself in my own house. Like that's kind of a, yeah. that's a big ego move, but maybe he did. I don't know. No, it's very cool. But it was and like, we met Regis Feldman. Did you? Yeah. We went to the show Regis and Kelly. Okay. And he put us right in the front row because you fill out the form like, Give us something we'd be interested in talking to you about, and we're like, my father went to Notre Dame, so through the that whole was show, it's like, hey, Notre that. Dame, yeah. Um, did did you, did he know your father? No, never. No, he just was older. Well, okay, because he just passed away what a year ago. Yes, not not too probably, long ago. Yeah, probably a year 2020? ago. Twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember that. I remember him passing, and then there's something on that. They did something on the show. My my little my son, because pandemic, so he's home. My wife stays home with the kids, so he's always like, that was it. Kelly and Ryan now. Mm-hmm. So you ask for Kelly and Ryan. And I'm like, well, you don't even watch it. You just like, it's on and they just playing around and it just <laughs> is up on the TV. So Kelly and Ryan. So my, that's my son. He's three years old. So he's big Kelly and Ryan fan. Um, but the, uh, so now plan wise for this place, do you guys mm-hmm. have any future plans for Camp Iroquois? Well, you know, we really want to sit and listen what people like, what people would like to see change, what people would like to see updated. We want to keep it as we got it mm-hmm. and make sure it stays as pristine as when we bought the property. You know, so we were very careful in making sure the groups coming in are groups that want to. Do you have any, like, are you taking any inspiration from other places? Have you been doing some research on like in and around the place or is this kind of like. Not at all. No. So it's just no. like going in. Yeah. Cause I guess you I just... don't know this area at all. Like Victoria will tell you. I have to go. She's my area she's, expert. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I'm like, Victoria, where are we? What are we doing? Yeah. Like, what's close to us? Right um, on the other side of the, right next to us, basically, there are a couple camps down yep. is Colgate Camp. Okay. And they're very similar. They're a great camp. They have multiple buildings. It's, it's kind of spread out. A historic Adirondack great camp is basically, um, uh, it's, it's it, people think camp and they think of like a summer camp or something. Mm-hmm. This is not. For anyone listening, this is not a summer. This camp. is what we were talking on the way up. She goes yeah. camp. Something about not be. It's not really a camp. And yeah. then, but like people from the city, this would be considered camping, which is more like glamping. Yeah, it's very upscale, prestigious camping. Like um, 
the Rockefellers, uh, the DuPonts, all of those families would vacate New York City and come up here and stay in these places. So these were basically their summer homes. Um, and it reflects. I mean, it's very, they're very well done. They're put, you know, nice. Um, oh, they're gorgeous. Yeah. Like prime, 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 prime real estate. And the, the original owners, what did, what did they do? Do you, like, what, where did they? Mr. Sheffield was, uh, he was the ambassador for Mexico. Oh, so he was government. Yes, government. Um, And I don't know any terms. So he's like in the courthouses making decisions, doing all those important Ambassador stuff. Yeah, ambassador stuff. Um, But they did that. uh, And then the previous owners, the Keens, owned Vistaprint. So that was their company. And that's what they did. No, it's, it's, us. it's a cool place like just the history and stuff i think is kind of the and you, you're not a history buff this is I'm just not a history buff at all and i really i mean my goal for the property is just to continue to let people come and enjoy it because when do you get to see this from sitting on the porch to the water you know and just having it just be you so it well i think that's part of it too is kind of a place that you said just to recharge and just kind of like i say zone out because things get busy and i you know, one of the things I always have is I just, I'm, my mind's running because it's like, what to do next, what to do next. And like, I like the podcast because I don't, this is really the only time I have like my, my phone and I'm not, nothing's really showing up, which is great. But usually my phone, I leave on my desk and I do them. So it's just like, I can focus on the person, talk to them and not be distracted because all day long, it's just right. information overload. And, and that's really what we're hoping for here. I mean, we have Wi-Fi throughout the property because it is what it is. People mm-hmm. can't, and understandably so, 100% unplug because the world is used to getting in touch in emergencies or anything else that might happen. Mm-hmm. But we're really using it to say, let's just rewind a little bit. Yeah. Sit, enjoy, look at the lake, get on, you know, there's kayaks, canoes, um, there's um, paddle bo- boats on the property for everyone to use. There's actually local boat companies. If you wanted a motorboat, you can rent a motorboat. They'll drop it off for you and pick it up at the end of your stay. So if people want that type of stuff to go water skiing or tubing, they can certainly do that. Did, did you grow up like camping or doing anything as a girl? Camp is Look, a four-letter word. I mean, I've never no. camped in my life. Um, but did you guys like go to like never. Adirondacks or anything as a kid? No, my father and mother were big golfers. My parents are not camping people. Okay. At all. At all. I mean. Yeah, we. Yeah, there's no. There was no camping. There was no camping. This is just this like. A lot of- well, we rented houses like Anna's family for since Anna and my son were in kindergarten, we started vacationing together, mm-hmm. Myrtle Beach and different parts of Florida. And we always rented huge houses with multiple families staying in a house yeah. year after year after year. And we planned that. And I mean, we had so much. It was We never camped. Her mother would get a bigger rash than I. Yeah, my mom wouldn't. No. Like she to this day refuses. To go to camp? If it was life and death and life was camping, she'd probably pick. Yeah. The most outdoorsy thing we did, I think, was the river tubing. The river flowing yes. down so, in the second daughter river. My mom loved it. Yeah, they all we like, had a good time. I'm not, <laughs> like camp I'm not against camping. I don't I've never really been to camp. Like let's get a pitch a tent and go sit like have I like Valcor is a place in Plattsburgh. Like have, have we gone like drink on Valcor and like pitched a tent and spent the night there? Yeah, but not like actively mm-hmm. going out and like like being like I'm not a wilderness guy. Like I would want to go with someone that's a wilderness person. I'm fine. I don't need like right. No, and we tried before. Right after college, I met a dear friend and her now husband in Lake George, and we had everything set for camping. And she's like, "You wipe that table off one more time from a leaf." 
I'm going to break your arm. And within like an hour, mm -hmm. I called my sister that lived in Clifton Park. I'm like, can we come and stay at your house? Because this is not going to work. She's like, come. So the next morning, I'm like, I have breakfast. I ran and got all the stuff from the cooler. It, well, and that's the thing. Like pe the people that go out and bring everything that are self-sufficient for days. I'm kind of wondering, like, can I get in the car and go down to like the local like corner store or whatever and grab some like supplies? And right. Maybe use the bathroom because I don't want to use the bathroom like in the middle of the woods or something like that. And I think that's uh, like around here, there's some people like you You can attest to this. There's some like wilderness people around here. Oh, Victoria's yeah. lived in a jungle in Panama for months. A whole semester. No she big did. deal. Yeah, no big deal. She's it literally jungle. lived in a hammock in a jungle with monkeys. Oh, around. So, oh that's where your bed was. Just hammocked up. Yeah. But the, the cool thing about up here, too, is that there are... Um, there's a good network of outdoor guides. So mm -hmm. if a family did want to come up and stay, there used to be a resident guide, and I unfortunately don't remember his name, but he would he was the guide for this camp. So anyone who came to this place to stay, he would, um, you know, he was basically the Sherpa. He would get all their stuff ready, set up their camp, make sure they had a great outdoor experience. And those were for the people so, who so, just didn't really know what. So it was like the do. fake campers that want to have the camping. That'd be me. Yeah, That'd be right. like, sign me up, give me that guy, like guide me around, paddle me out, mm -hmm. bring me back so I could eat, and they'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Victoria can't find her way out of our development in Syracuse, but she can find her way through the woods. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think it takes a special person. Like, I, you got to like grow up with it, and I like I. Grow she didn't up, grow up with it. She that, grew see, up with I don't. This, this is like the most. <laughs> like you. <laughs> I'm always like, did you guys plan? Did you guys plan this? And like, no, we just bought it today. We bought it, and then like, you just move in and do your own thing. And um, and you just moved up. You said for college, and just never left. Really, like, you just like the. Yeah, I have um, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, it did great things for us. So my husband and I moved to Saratoga for I think two to three years, and that was so hard for me being away from here after moving up here and falling in love with the area, mm -hmm. having to leave and make a new life. For, for a few years in Saratoga, it's just completely different vibes. It's for completely different people. Um, luckily, we're back up here now. We got a place. We're good. I'm I'm happy. So. And you just like like just being away from people and the quiet and the peacefulness. Yeah, and life. And you got a, you got a Subaru too, so you're like really up here. Oh yeah, I'm a Subaru woman. That's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she That's... lives on one percent cell service. Don't call Victoria. Yeah, she don't doesn't call. have her phone. Really? Never. That stresses. How low? Can you go on sell on your battery before you start freaking out? Oh, 40% and I have hives. Okay. I, I'm, that, I I'd probably say the same. What are you? I let mine die like really? every single day. Yeah. yeah. Is it because yeah. you don't have access or no, you just don't I, care? When Brady gets home, he knows my phone is on 2%. The battery life also sucks on my phone. But he knows that I can't go out to dinner. I can't go anywhere because I'm charged to the hook to the wall, like finishing <laughs> my day. I let it die all the time. Oh, no. She, Victoria... Mom, I can't talk. I'm on one percent. I'm like, it's nine o'clock in the morning. Who wakes up on one percent? I got, I got ninety eight right now. Well, the thing was when we, I charge mine overnight, and I got a new phone like recently. So the new phone like actually, like charges. My old phone died quicker, but I had it charged on the way here, and I haven't used it because I'm always like nervous. I'm gonna like lose battery. This thing could last oh, all yeah. day long, and I'm oh, like, freaked out if it's down. I was trying to check my percentage. I don't I know. know. I, I don't call me. Don't text me. Don't contact me. Well, she got right for the baby carriage. She got some clip for her cell phone. I go, what's the purpose? It's going to be dead. 
Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna see. I asked her husband if I could put like one of those tracker devices, like I put on my dog. Yeah. In her neck, so we know where she is. Well, it's almost the exact opposite. Like most people are like, my mom doesn't pick up her phone. My mom's battery's yeah, dying. Like usually, and it's the exact phone. opposite. Right. Were you always like that, or was that just something like now that you live out here, you're just like I just don't need that. Yeah, I think like once high once high, I was very connected to my phone all through high school, and then once college hit, I just something changed. I met the outdoors, and then I just stopped. She moved you, away from me. <laughs> are are you, I've always thought this about myself. If I didn't need my phone for work, I probably I'd probably be like you, because mm-hmm. I love shutting my phone off. Like I was one before I had to like, I liked I didn't have a phone until I want to say my senior year of high school is because a girl wanted me to have a phone so she could text me, and I'm like I don't. Oh I remember getting one. I was like I'm not gonna. I got it for Christmas or something. I don't think I activated it for months because I was like, I don't. Why do I need a phone? Yeah. And this was just my thing. And then I like now I thought about this the other day. I was I think I was dreaming because this will never happen. But I wanted. I'm like, what happens if I deleted all my apps off my phone, and all I had was just you could just call me. That's the only thing. And I'm like, text everything's off my phone. You can only call me because even people are like flip phones. So go back to like yeah. a flip phone thing where they have nothing on there. They can't take photos. Like you literally can call me and that's it. And here's the number. And I thought about that. I'm like, wouldn't that be cool? And I thought about like screenshotting, which doesn't matter because there's no place to post my phone, my screenshot because I have no apps. But to <laughs> screenshot my phone and just like all I have is like the cell phone or the cell phone, phone icon That's and nothing scary. else. Well, I thought about that. I was like, I would be totally fine. Not even just that. Um, I always say I don't, phone, I don't like to use the phone or call anybody, but I FaceTime everybody that I do call. I literally never You're call one of those. I, I, yeah, I FaceTime. I face. There's a few people I FaceTime during the day instead of call, depending on who they are, like where they are. So is it like video call? Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I only oh, okay. face, yeah. oh, I thought you. Were like, no, 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 no. I only FaceTime like with my granddaughter. Okay. I call my daughter so I can see. Like when I have my kids, I FaceTime my parents so they can see the kids. Right. Yeah. But I have friends that I'll I'll just FaceTime during the day. So like if I, like if I call her, I'll just put it like in my car holder on FaceTime so I can see her instead of just talking on the phone. I talk yeah. to people so long, it's almost like semi-face-to-face that yeah. I get like, I think it adds a layer of human element, especially last year. Yeah. I'm saying like it adds a human element. Like if I can see your face and just like see you walking around, like it just, I feel more connected to the person than if I just talk to them on the phone. Because I talk to people on the phone all the time. So I'm like, it's just nice when you're not talking about work and it's just a friend and you're just like shooting the breeze as you're like going for a drive. Right. Like it's just a mental, like how do you relax? How do I? Do you, do you ever relax or you just like? Like, are you able to, like, step away from, like, when you were working and running the company, were you able to, like, have downtime? Were you able to, like, separate work from business or yeah, from home? I, yes. You know, there's definitely a switch. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to put it aside. Like, I always used to say, I'm not an open-heart surgeon. My patients are fine. Mm-hmm. You know, you can step away and enjoy yourself. But again, with the world of cell phones, what I always used to like is, if there's a problem, please don't dwell. Call me. We'll get through it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have a little problem and you wait a period of time, it becomes a bigger problem. Yeah. So I'm fine, you know, multitasking to be like, I'm having fun. Give me that glass of wine to, okay, there's a situation. Let's deal with it. Okay, I'm back here. So I can flip flop. Uh, do, you, do you ever try to take time where you're just completely off? Like for days or longer or no? Completely off. I say off like, like my like, phone? Just like, just anything work wise. Like I always say, like I'm in I'm in real estate. I get called about real estate pretty much every single day of the year, including Christmas. I'll get something from a client, and it's like, and yesterday was Mother's Day, which is fine. Not I mean, like it's kind of one of those like medium holidays, I guess, where it's not. But 
you know, we did stuff and I wanted to take the complete day off with, um, you know, spend time with my wife and kids and stuff. And I had people texting me about stuff real estate wise. And I'm like, and it was no offense, but I was texting agents. I'm like, listen, happy Mother's Day. Punt it to tomorrow. I'm not talking to you about this today. I'm the, and this was people that were moms. I'm like, listen, happy Mother's Day. Enjoy the time. Go to dinner. Yeah. And I just, I like trying to have, I try to take one day off a week where I do nothing. Meaning nothing work-wise. See, but I guess when my mind, I make lists or I jump on the computer. Oh, mm -hmm. I just remembered I needed to order 16 of these. I need 18 of these. So, you know, you're kind of thinking through the process and what you need to do. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather do it in what I call do a memory dump and not think about it. Are, do you have a good memory? I do. That's My memory is horrific. So I spend all day long screenshotting stuff. Like if you text me about something, I will not remember it. So I screenshot it, email, screenshot, email. Yeah. So my email is just basically my memory dump yeah. of just everything throughout the day. And then myself or my assistant just kind of filter through that. Do dump. I have a good memory, Victoria? Yeah. <laughs> like some people are just like, they, they, don't, they don't forget anything. Well, you can write that down. Yeah. Like, no, I'll remember it. No, like, elephants never forget. Oh, then I'm like, what's a goldfish? Goldfish? Dory. <laughs> I'm Dory from Nemo. I, I forget within <laughs> seconds. Um. So yeah, that's always been a problem. I'm a big screenshot email that's my hack the thing that cell phones need to have is the unread text button you know what i'm talking about so you know when you read an email you can unread it so almost like kind of like flag it that you want to check it mm -hmm. later or like important don't forget about it text messages you can't do that so like if anna texts me and i read it and i don't respond to her because i'm just picking on her because she's done this before and like all of a sudden I, I won't respond to it and then it's done. And then like I'll get something hours later or a day later. She's like, oh my God, I forgot to respond because she read it, didn't have to write, time to respond, but right. you can't like flag it and put unread. Like that, I read it, but now I'm going to unread it yeah. and then it notifies you to go back. I'd love to at the end of the day to go through like eight text messages to do. So instead I got a screenshot, which is an extra step, which is just inefficiency. Like I hate inefficiency. Yeah, I'm checking to see if I can do that. Do you have an iPhone? Mm -hmm. No, you can't. <laughs> Unless you, you can, can pin stuff, people, huh? But you can't, un you can't like do the opposite of mute. It's like only you think you can do. Yeah, it. like you can read it, but then it, once you read it, it's there. Yeah. Where like email all day long, you can read unread emails. Mm -hmm. So it's like you go back and forth all day long. But then the issue, like, okay, so like my, I have ten unread messages right now, but I it, won't ever go through and look and see what they were because I it's do like. Do that well, yeah, but it's, so you're reminded that they're there or yeah, no? No, no, yeah, I know. You just, there, you're never gonna check I'm them. Like, oh yeah, that was from like three weeks ago. Yeah, I forgot at this point. Oh, she's like, the worst. But you won't click on it and just like see what it was. No. Wow. No, like I have to call her. Yeah. I literally have to call Victoria and say, Victoria, I texted you. So you don't even know what that message is. Oh yeah. And I love everybody. Like, I'm not mad at anybody. Like, I just don't. So, like, this always fast. Like, I'm I'm neurotic. If somebody texts me, I have to respond to them. Not, not, not like, right off. I'm not, like, because I have texts right now that I'm not responding to. But, like, I'll respond to them, at, like, before we leave here. I'll just send them a text or whatever. But I can't. We call that courtesy. Yes. Yeah, but I can't I not. I can't not read. One of the things I wanted to do is try to respond to every text or message within two hours. It's just not possible. Like if somebody sends me an email or a text, I like I courtesy like get back to them semi quick, but there's times it's like four or five hours later just because you're going from one thing to the it's next a thing. Job, yeah, and that's well. So I have like my assistant does most of my messages in my scheduling because like I'd rather be with people than scheduling time to be with people. Like mm -hmm. like so a lot of it is I might text the person, I'll just screenshot it and logistically just get it on my calendar and just like put it on a date and then I just want to I want to go to it. I want to see that person. I don't want to take the time to like plan out when I have to see that person because that's a, to me a full time job. Yeah. 
um, like set, like setting up appointments, setting up like scheduling stuff. It's like, uh, logistics. I'm good at it. I just don't like doing it to me. It's just time. I'm like, it's not the best use of time. Mm-mm. It's needed, but it's not. Yeah. Uh, I, I naps are, I'd love to take a nap, but I do you take naps. I don't take naps ever. Like I if used you could. to take a nap when the kids were little. Yeah, I, I don't remember you ever taking a nap. Yeah, I used to take a nap when they were little on Saturdays, like going all day, and then we'd go to 4 o'clock mass, and I'd take a nap. i just like 3 to 3.30, and my husband would start, we're going to be late for church. We don't have to open the doors. We just have to go. We will not be late. So where where does that like nonchalant attitude come from? You said you're pretty like punctual and like... Oh, God, yes. But then you still have a little bit of like not dwelling on big problems or little things? No, like I don't. Like don't the small dwell. stuff kind of person? Yeah, no, I'm not a dweller. Like, you have to make a decision and move on. I don't... So you're very decisive. Oh. Yvonne, I absolutely love what you're saying right now. So, no, keep going. I want to hear, like, no, your... No, I'm like, not should have, would have, could have. It's just, it's a yes or no question. You move on and you make a decision and you go with it. So are you someone, if you made a mistake, you'd rather make a fast decision, make a mistake and recorrect quickly and get back on track versus just dwelling, dwelling, dwelling and then... Right. Yes. Okay. Like that's why I like to do it too. Yeah, Joe, I call him my tire kicker. I'm okay. like, pull the trigger, let's go. And I count down: five, four, three. Make a decision by the time I get to zero. Is this because have you found success doing this, or is this just your personality? Like, I just don't like wasting time. Yeah, I. You know, we had that. It's called disc assessment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're. You have to do You're, this questionnaire. Let me guess. You are. You you have D for sure. Are you D off the charts? Or are you? I'm high D in every aspect of my life. Like the person okay. doing it said, I've never seen someone high D at work and high D at home. And I'm like, yes, ask my poor husband and kids. So I'm, I had the same personality, <laughs> like say it fast and say it smart. Not that I don't want to chit chat because I'm the queen of chit chat. Yeah. But like There's in a, a time work and a place, setting, though. right. Yes. Like say it quick. And then it was really to let people know that wanted to start every conversation with the creation of the American flag and go from there. I don't need the details. I'm never going to need them. Mm-hmm. I know you're smarter than me. Just let me know what we're going to do and we Hit can the move punchline. Like people that wanted, and they'd be like, oh, Yvonne is, I just feel uptight or nervous around her. And when the report came out, it's like, because she doesn't want to hear your story. <laughs> She's not being me. And it was the same in my personal life as my home life. Um, so ISC, so for people that don't know, DISC is a personality chart. D, dominant, I, influential. Is that what it's for? Um, like, it, you I mean you're that. talkative, you can relate to people. Yes. S is stability. C is constant. Am I, or am I got those wrong, have those wrong? Honestly, I'd have, I, st- I kept it just in case. So I've, like when I hire people, I have them take it just to make sure that their personality kind of fits the role. Because certain people, I know I can't do certain positions at our office. I just don't have the personality. I don't have the... Um, I'll, I will get bored. I will get, like you said, working for somebody else. Like you would not last long working for someone else. And I could find, I could depending on the role, but I like being able to like create my own schedule. And I like just having, like here we are on a Monday at, what time is this? 12 o'clock on a Monday. Like most people, I could just do it. I'm like, what do you want to do? And we just did it. Like I don't have to ask anybody. Like I asked myself, can I do it? You know what I mean? That's, right. And I like that freedom. Um, there's also the negative of that, like, you know, starting out in real estate and like having no track record and like trying to build up from nothing and being nervous. Am I even going to be able to pay my next bill? That was a real thing. And then now you get to the point where you just keep like grinding and betting on yourself. And then you have a little bit more freedom and a little bit more, you know, longer leash, I guess, for yourself. Well, and I guess my, what worked for us is my husband, Joe and I always agreed 
I was 22. He had just turned 24 when we got married. And we always agreed that we're a team and there's no Mm -hmm. I in team. It wasn't about me. It wasn't, we had totally different, you know, totally different views, totally different personalities. But when it came to our home life, we had goals and it was make each other first in each other's lives. You have to go to work, you have to do stuff, Mm -hmm. but it's okay to just plan and organize how you want your future. I mean, I feel sorry for the younger generation with Instagram and Snapchat. You can see how celebrities live. We never saw how celebrities live on TV. Mm -hmm. You know, so our want and wish list were so limited. You didn't have home TV shows to tell you how to do things or decorate or Google. You you know what I find, and and I know this is different for people like Instagram. If people sometimes run Instagram and they compare themselves, I've always... I don't look at like material items and say like, oh, I want that car or I want that. Like that's just something that's never really interests me. But when I look at celebrities, the one thing that I've noticed on social media is they're not as on an island as you think. Like they're, they're, they have obviously a level of success, but a lot of it's just in the public eye. Like the person that owned this before, I don't know. Like obviously they did very well for themselves. You guys have done well for yourselves, but it's not like you stand out like you're a, a TV person, you know, a TV personality. Right. So I look at, when you see the background of a lot of people, even if they're the most famous person on earth, they're still like doing like what's the joke? You still put your pants on one leg at a time. Like they're still people. And like Billie Eilish, I love her. Billie Eilish, yeah, like she's such a gr- good example. Yeah, like and she still loves with her parents, right? Yeah, like she's washing her Louis stuff on her washer machine that's outside of their house. Like she's just so humble, and it's like you don't even. Yeah, and, and she's she's one where you start watching like interviews and when they started out and stuff because she's a fascinating. Per- she's a, do you know who she is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sing, singer and I I don't know a lot about her. I have her music on her my phone. I like I like her music, but she's you look at she's young too. She's what, 19, 20? Yeah, she's um, herself. And here's someone that's like, I mean, just like famous more than any. I mean, she's like she's just one of those like Post Malone like these singers that are just like on another level right now. But you look at them at when they're home, like I know she's a big fan of The Office, so she's like sitting there watching The Office and like joking, like and it. But it's like you can relate to these people more when they spread it that way. Where I think back in before social media, you couldn't even see celebrities. Right. Like if you heard of a celebrity, they were on like another planet. Now when you're starting to see celebrities that might be in their fifties and sixties, or you know that were these movie actors when I was a kid, and now you see them, like we never got to bridge that gap. But the twenty something, thirty something's coming up. You can see all the stuff that they're doing on like on a regular basis. To me, it makes them more relatable. But yeah, you can see the cars, you can see the house, you can see that kind of stuff. But I find that it's, it's kind of cool where you can. They're not as untouchable as you thought they were. Like right. they still make mistakes. They still, you know, go eat at the same fast food restaurant that you would go to. And it's just I don't know. There's something about that that I'm like, you know, what? they're just people. And I find, you know, when you're younger and you look at these people that are you know, celebrities, like you get starstruck and now it's just kind of like, oh, that's that person. Like, right. And back in, I mean, when I was a kid, a hundred years ago, you know, you watched Cinderella once a year, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully you got to watch your home. You watched Wizard of Oz once yeah. a year. You didn't have it on demand. And with, you missed it. You missed it. <laughs> you missed it. You missed it. Yeah. And now there's no DVRs or VCRs or whatever technology uh-huh. to Google. I, I remember, I still remember like very vividly as a kid, like knowing the program lineups for the week and just like, okay, my show is on eight o'clock on a Wednesday. I got to make sure I'm home. And you planned your schedule around that eight o'clock right. show on a Wednesday. Cause if you missed it, you missed it. Like, right. Like figure out next week, what happened the week before or ask your friend the next day at work right. or at school. Like what happened last night? Right. And it's, and it's different now. It's everything's on demand. You know, you don't have to search or look 
Do you like that or don't like that? I mean, as many good things, there's as many bad things. You you know, there's nothing like vacation. Victoria said something this morning. I'm like, that doesn't mean there. And there's her husband, origin of vacation. And it means what, Victoria? Yes, tell us. This is pretty cool. Oh, fun yeah, fact fun of the day. Facts. So uh, the reason that the people in the, you know, in Europe, they'll say I'm on holiday. It's different than people in the United States who say we're going on vacation and the word vacation actually originated from the wealthy families in New York City who would vacate the city in the summers and come up and spend their time in the Adirondacks. So in Saranac Lake specifically. So how how old is the word? It's got to be as old as probably 1892 around then is when it when this was built when the, the adirondack park was established is because the wealthy fa- the reason that the adirondack park was established is because these wealthy families um wanted to a protect the water that was flow- flowing from mount marcy down to new york city okay and then also because they would come up here and they would spend their time up here in the summers so yeah so who's the most famous you said roosevelt stayed here who else has stayed here? Stayed here specifically. I, I mean, that that's the number one though. That's yeah. like the. I mean, that's pretty good if you're a president. That. <laughs> yeah. Truman. So they have their own place. Like they, all these wealthy, influential families had their own places so here. Rockefellers, Carnegies, yeah. you know, the Astaires, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. Astors or whatever they're and called. There's like call logs in the dining hall here, actually, where you there's like just a few numbers. And the names are on there. Like Rockefeller is like one of the, the people. Really? That they, so it's like a, yeah. That these people would have called. Mm-hmm. And they're all probably part of the same social clubs. And Imagine back then, like just calling and um, was it John, right? John Rockefeller was the guy being like, hey, John, do you want to go boating today? Yeah. Go fishing. And the they just Vanderbilt's. like went out and went. Yeah, yeah. Vanderbilt's. And, I think I was researching once. Rockefellers, I think, are the richest. If you take... Uh, inflation and everything i think where they were the richest people ever wow. I, I think they had like a 400 billion dollar fortune if you were to Insane. switch like back in that time to now which is crazy because the richest person now is like less than half of that yeah. which is still a, lot, I mean, a stupid amount of money but like it's half of what they were back in the day which is pretty incredible So crazy. i read a few things back like when i was reading books on them because they were always when you read these old uh books on um self-improvement or old books on like uh you know, business books, they always, those were the ones they talked about. These books written in the fifties and sixties, those were always there. Like now you have different, you know, you have like the Bezos and the Elon Musk and, uh, you know, Zuckerberg's, but back then that was, those were the names. So all the books had them. So you started to learn about Carnegie and it's just crazy that this is such a, I guess, influential spot for them where they just came. Cause you gotta, I mean, mm-hmm. this is very old. This is an old part of the country. Yeah. First part that was established was up here. So when you start looking at the homes, like when you go West, like what would be the oldest houses like out in California? Probably the 1850s, right? right? Mm-hmm. Would probably be the earliest. Like here, you have homes that you blink and I have been in so many homes in the early 1800s without you know without even thinking about it because they were such an old old village or whatever. But yeah. uh, there's not a lot of that's the the cool thing about the East Coast is that it is more established historic wise. Like you know, you go to England, there's so much. It's entrenched in you're in history there. Like here, it's more of newer history, but we have more of it than the West Coast would because it was just established. Yeah. Um. So when I, I went to Europe as a, uh, in high school, and we went from London to Paris down to Italy, and every time you went to a new city, it got older and older and older because I think back in Italy it was like thirteen, twelve, thirteen, fourteen hundreds, and then like. 
progressively got a couple hundred years later as you went all the way up. Mm-hmm. It was so cool to see the architecture and see so how cool. things have been like, I guess, still kept up halfway decent. Mm-hmm. Even the stuff that's not, it's not terrible. Like it still looks halfway decent. Yeah. Um, like I was in San Antonio uh, probably a month ago and I saw the Alamo for the first time. And you think the Alamo is like, I don't know, like out in the middle of nowhere. It's not, it's in the middle of the city. Like you walk by and there's buildings all around and it's underwhelming because like the building next door is like a three-story bank and it dwarfs the Alamo. Mm-hmm. And you think about the Alamo just being, you know, you could almost probably jump and touch the top of the Alamo like wall or scale it, which is just amazing to think how back then that was a big building. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just, just weird. History is kind of cool, but like when you're here, it just feels like historical. Yeah. Especially when you're walking around like the old fireplace. Do the fireplaces all work? Yes. They're all functioning. Yes. They're beautiful. When you look up the stone and stuff on the top. They've been, I mean, obviously those, I, are those original fireplace? Mm-hmm. They, God, they look great. Like even, I mean, even the main ones, like they just look like they've been ca- well kept over what, 130 years? Almost? Yeah. 125? Yeah, 1903, yeah. It's what, we're in 2021. Well, yeah, geez. Well, this is crazy. Yeah. Just nice. I mean, like I said, everything is just, I mean, for the age, it's just really cool. I don't know. I, I think this is a neat place. I think you guys will have a lot of success here. And you plan on doing this for a while. Yes. That's the goal. Well, I say that's the goal, but obviously you that's the goal. You sold another business in eight months and yeah. jumped. Yep says that everything is for sale, and I say that she's never selling the place. So so this is like your your baby now. You love it. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah, I you can't sell this. I mean, I just yeah. think it's cool. Like, I mean, this is a great like just going into the future. Like you can just build this up into like this really. I mean, keep the history, but keep making no, it I better and better. She, she might kill me because she I'll thinks she's getting this when I die. Is that what she just went and scribbled in the will? No, I, she just mentioned that last night. Oh, by the way. Who could, who could pass up owning? Who could love it as much as you? Yeah. It's just, <laughs> Mom, I'm going to the property. It. She's been Actually, I didn't realize you had camel crocs. I made a joke earlier about camel crocs, and she has camel. Did you? No, I didn't see the camel crocs. I just actually I just noticed the camel crocs. But like, With the little charms in there. The I mean, you, got, you have the full-on like Saranac Lake Adirondack like outfit going on right now right like tie-dye pants as a little girl if you have to get dressed you could match is it like she got like cashmere sweater with like yeah but that's yeah you know you're pulling it off it's good we also should mention that you're like about to have a kid anytime so that's pop yeah but that's good you're doing well you're hanging in yeah barely <laughs> so are you excited for granddaughter number two i'm so excited what's the best part about grandmotherhood oh it's the best because they're perfect and they do nothing wrong and you can give them back I don't give them no. back. I'm a little bit of a baby hug. This this is, well, I, I always thought like, like I could deal with the kids now. And it's just crazy. And then I see my parents come over and like they get to hang out and then we leave and then they are quiet again. Like, you know what? It's yeah. good just to kind of like get yeah, away. No, it's the best because I look at it that before when they were little, my phone's ringing. I had appointments. There's nowhere I need to be. Mm-hmm. Again, not an open heart surgeon. Even when people would call and I had my granddaughter with us in Florida Joey was there, and I'm like, okay, the background music is Joey. Like, before that would stress me out, like, well, it must be quiet. And I'm like... When you're on college, you mean? When I... Well, no, when... Yeah, when I was in married with my kids little, if my phone rang, I always thought, oh, it's got to be perfectly quiet. Yeah. Now, in this world, in vacation rental, I'm like, oh, the background music is Joey. Don't mind her. This is Coco Melon we're watching today. Oh, we're right in Coco Melon. (laughs) The dad in Coco Melon, me and my wife have a good time... Oh, making jokes about the, the dad. couple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my, my, one of my friends, this is, this is a thing. My, one of my really good friends has a, um, a son now and 
we're sitting there comparing notes and like kid TV shows. I'm like, what is our, like, this is our life now, like comparing Coco Melon. Yeah, but see, and she walks with me every morning. I love not having the TV on and just sitting and reading books yeah, or yep. playing blocks or yep. playing her doodle game or whatever she wants to, all of 17 months of her. But yeah, just laying on the fun. floor and doing oh, it. Yeah. Um, the uh, <laughs> Coco Melon, that. Um, no, so the thing with the, the most fun thing about kids is like how much they progress from when they're little like my daughter's turns two in like a week my, my and then i have a son and then i have a little a little son i have a my baby i guess is, the, is our is a boy too but um it's just to see the different levels because they're so close and then to see the three or see the one that's two like she's gonna be because i'm looking at my son i'm like she's only 17 months which is gonna go by like that and then she's gonna be like him and then he's gonna be older than the baby's gonna be and so it's, it's just a whirlwind yeah. about how much they change um but yeah, I think I think it's fun. The uh, the reading books, like they watch TV, but we try not to. We try to limit that. Um, but the other day, I was talking to a client, and my son wakes up. I'm like, hey, I'm going to get my son. He just woke up. So I'm like walking in, and he's talking, and he can pick it up on the my my AirPods. And I'm just talking to him, and then I had to change his diaper. So I'm like changing his diaper, and I'm talking to the person on the phone, and, and they're laughing because they have kids, and they don't care. It's like right. I think that's one of the benefits too. And that might have been from COVID that people are – way more chill right because just know like everybody's life's a mess at home and it's just i mean in, in a good way yeah, but it's just like chaotic yeah. and especially when you have kids and i find now i almost like like i'm straight up i'm like and that's me having a little bit more nonchalant confidence too where i'm just like i don't care the, kid, the kid's gonna be on the like screaming in the back and then i right. i think people need because when, when i was younger i always thought you had to be like very straight laced in business because i was like this young kid going in i thought these were adults and they like are very strict and proper and then as you get older you realize adults are just big kids and i mean figuratively and literally so i mean it's just i find that now i have more fun in business and i have more fun like work-wise because i think i just try to merge the two or blend the two so i don't find i don't i try not to be as serious and i find that when you're not as serious with people you can see that i'm kind of just relaxed and like oh this is just some person having right. fun and exactly. you know doing what you need to do getting the business job done but at the end of the day not like making it awkward like trying to have a good time and Joking around. I like joking around with people. Like, I think if you're not having fun, it's miserable to go through every day. Absolutely. Not having fun. No, absolutely. No, and that's what I love. We're really having fun. I mean, Victoria loves it. My daughter, Olivia, loves it. I mean, truly believe in we want people to come here. And everyone's wishes are really different. You know, what Mm -hmm. they, from people that have never been to the area before to people that are very familiar with the restaurants and the hiking and people that want services to come in and do dinner every night and prep for lunch but they're like i can pour cereal for my grandkids like the best of them but i just want to know we have nice meals we stay on the property and enjoy it these are the guests coming in guests coming in so caterers will come in make dinner prep for lunch for the next day for them and then they just wake up like they are at a resort um, I don't even thought of it. That's a really cool way to do it. And is there local caterers that are, local you guys have cater- on, on, I say on staff, but like on Yeah, call? no, it's not. Almost like wedding planning. You have like your vendors. And- yeah. yeah, and actually the family, we introduce them you to like the- that, you know? vendors. We introduce okay. them to the caterers and then they go from there. They work directly with the caterers mm-hmm. and we just help make it so whatever they, their wishes are Shout on the property. Katie. She's been great. Katie with Van B and Co has been Van B? amazing. Like you, Delhi. Oh, is it? That's where we're we going for lunch. Them. You guys can come too if you want. But oh, Katie, huh? You'll meet her at the wedding too. Yeah, Katie's a dream to work with. I mean, so organized we, and. Oh yeah, she, this is like the fourth time I've heard about this deli, so I got to go to this deli. Yeah. Yeah, you, you gotta go. <laughs> it's so good. My parents take special care of 
special trips up here all the time. Just, just get the deli? Have you been the, was it Donnelly's ice oh, cream? Oh, yeah, that opens Memorial Day. Is oh, that good? It's so great. My wife wanted to take, I never knew where it was, and we drove by it coming here. You take a right, and it's like sitting in the middle of nowhere. And my wife wanted to take a trip here last year to sit, to get it. We just couldn't with the kids. It have been tough. But for this ice cream, my wife's like a sh- sweet tooth. Oh, please. Uh, yeah, and I hear about it. Her husband keeps saying he's going to get it for me. Makes like empty promises. It's just like this little like hole in the wall. Oh, I, I went by yesterday and I'm like, is it open? And it's one flavor a day. They do a fresh. That's it. Yep, and you can get vanilla, but it's a vanilla twisted with whatever flavor they do that day. And that's the only thing they serve. Mm-hmm. They have a cooler, of course, with like pints and stuff, but the fresh serve, soft serve is. So, do they give you like a heads up of what's coming next? Uh, like, can you show up on a Monday and see what the like? Do they have a website? Be like, oh, by the way, or do you just Maybe like? They might have a Facebook. Or you just gotta go in blind. That would give me anxiety. Pistachio. Oh, yeah. do you, do so. You hear that? It sounds gross. But I try, and I'm one of those people that's like, um, hell no, I don't want that. But then it's like so good. So what I wanted to mention, oh, this is going good because this only said 90 minutes and we're at 90.45 on the backup. Wow. This is great. Yeah. Great. So, th- so I worked at ice, I, I served ice cream that my prior life was an ice cream server. So I had two jobs, ice cream and then real estate. So ice cream, <laughs> first day of ice cream, we went in and it was pistachio. I'm like, Pistachio ice cream. I've never even heard of that. I tried it. I almost spit it out. It's the only ice cream in my life that I've. Ref- and I was like fourteen, so it maybe has grown on me. Maybe it's better. I love pistachios, but I don't know if I would like pistachio ice cream. I remember trying it. And it was disgusting. So it I think I, I think gross. even try to this- it again. It's not that try bad. No, because I think if I went and I saw pistachio, I I probably try. I try everything, but I was be like, ah man, pistachio would be like PTSD from ice cream. <laughs> I'm a cookies and cream guy, or just plain vanilla. Yeah, I'm, I'm a vanilla girl. Yeah, just I like simple. Again, do you guys put a lot of toppings on your ice cream or just simplicity? Okay, those psychopaths who put like gummy worms on their ice cream, yeah, they, they can. Freeze. There's a special place for them in the world. It's I not, think. yeah, gummies on like ice cream is not. Uh, no, I don't like M&Ms on ice cream too because they freeze yeah, I like weird. That. Yeah, and so, then I like hard. like peanut butter cups, Butterfinger. So you do caramel. like mixtures of stuff. Oh, and I'm being bad. So, but like candies, you like candies on ice cream? Oh, I like candy as candy. Okay. Candy should just be candy. Hot tamales, good and plenties, licorice. Good and plenties? You know, the white and pink ones with the black licorice inside? Oh, okay. No, I'm out. You like licorice? Love. Black or red? Both. Black like your soul. Black like your soul. Licorice is not. I'm just saying like, I I don't like licorice, but like, I guess I, I could have it, but it's like that gummy stuff I used to like as a kid. Now I have more of the chocolate realm than gummies. I do gummies. that too, unfortunately. So you're just everything, all of the above? Oh, yeah. So you're like a kid. If you went to just a candy store, you would literally grab just everything and try no, it? No, as a kid, I grabbed the Red Hot Dollars. What are, which those ones are those? Those little Red Hot Dollars. They were two for a penny. But like I have in my house at all times, it looks like a movie theater case. Of you just have the, a bunch of candies. The boxes. Really? Yeah, for like, like the, the Mike and Ikes and like the Hot Tamales. and Milk Duds, Whoppers. Yeah. Whoppers. Butterfingers. Mm-hmm. M&M's, peanut M&M's. So this is all on stock, like on call? Always. Always. Are you... Right? Yeah. So you've always been like a candy person? Always. Well, I need to know I have it in the house in case I want it. Okay. If I have it, I usually... I can take it or leave it. If I don't have it, I crave it. So if you don't have it, you crave it. Right. So, But if you have it, so it's like reverse psychology. I need to know. Because you're like, I can get it if I want it. Right. But you're the person that, like, if you need it, you're jumping in the car, driving down the store, grabbing it. Oh, absolutely. Like, you're hitting that, you're scratching that itch, like, quick. Right. But yeah. I've never been in that position. That's because you're always stocked. Right. Always. 
<laughs> All right. Well, we uh, we hit our time quota, I think, because I don't want to, I want to make sure this oh, actually thank you all for coming. Re- records. I'm so appreciate this. Actually, flew by. So this is what happens when you have multiple people in a room. You just jam, and next thing you know, it's like just blows right through. Yeah. Thank so. you for coming here. We wanted you to see the property. You got to kind of see it. Well, that's that's why when you say come, I'm like I can't. You can't get the experience. If, if we were in our office, my office versus this, this is way cooler. I love my office, but like it's not the same vibe as if you're yeah. like like I'm looking at the lake right now. We were yeah, gonna do this on the, the boathouse, but again, true to the uh, the authenticity of the place, the, our outlets weren't working, which is fine. But we're now we're in the office. But the boathouse is cool. I got maybe I'll post that the view of the boathouse. Yes, I don't know the panoramic, the panoramic video. The panoramic video. <laughs> See, that's that's my uh, yeah. I'm I'm not as sophisticated with technology as the young kids. Um, all right, I think that's. We're going to wrap it up there. Thank you. You want to, you want to plug the place and try to get reservations? Oh, you probably don't even need yeah, to. AD, you want to? Okay. No, you adkcampiroquois.com. You can look at the pictures, look at the videos, look at our schedule, yes, what sir. days we have available for 2021. We're booking out through 2024 on our website right now. Really? And yeah, questions. My cell number's there. We're not hiding. Is, it, is this people that are just booking for multiple years? No, people that are looking at weddings. Oh, gotcha. I'm saying I'm my calendar's open till 2024 right gotcha. now. Gotcha. Okay. So a lot of people are looking at 2022. That's for family ins- reunions and that's ins- that's cr- oh family reunion would be fantastic here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Groups. There's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of like just land and property and places to sleep, mm-hmm. places to hang out, party. It's great. It's a good part. Oh yeah. Um, Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> check us out. Anything else? Do they get to meet you if they come here? Uh, the special request, you know. You have to okay, look. special request. You'll see Victoria. No, She'll come really give you wanna, some history. You know, and honestly, that's a, just to end, we want people to have their private time. You know, we yeah. have a groundskeeper that will come to make sure there's no problems or questions or, you know, we'll cre- we've created binders that will be on the property, how to access things, open things, do what they need to do. Well, once they're here, here, they're pretty much on your own. You're on Pack your own. up, leave. We'll come pick up after you. And right. So it is kind of like a resort. You kind of come in, right. do your thing. On the shores of uh, Upper Saranac Lake. This is is pretty cool. This is a really cool place. So um, everybody check it out. If you need wedding venue, it's going to be a, fan, a great wedding venue, right, Anna? It's just oh, hell yeah. Yeah, so. up to 35 people, though, your family and friends. We have families, six families, a family per cabin yeah. are coming in a couple weeks. And they love it because they can enjoy the whole property together. But you have your alone time. I just think it's really cool. Yeah, you guys, you guys, will, you guys will do awesome here. I think I think a lot of uh, I think a lot of it too. You guys just have a good mix and background. Yeah. Thank you. Type type. We got the Adirondack and we got the non camper making mm. a camp camp place great. So um, all right, Yvonne, thank you so much. Thank you Gabe. for uh, thank hearing you. me ramble about stuff and no. then giving us the lowdown in the background and thank all the you. good stuff. Was this your first podcast? First podcast. There you go. You too. Yeah, first podcast. <laughs> there you go. All right, so that is episode. Where are we at? One twenty eight of the Gail and Trombley Show. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.